stereotypes are assumptions and in this case based on race racial stereotypes are everywhere and like especially in the media saying that one way of doing things is the right way i think is is damaging society is actually giving us the limit for each individual races this is michelle lamb from leaning in and speaking out a podcast hosted by brandon university's cares research center this podcast is part of a special series on social justice in education conducted by students in Gustavo Mora's class called Schools as Complex Spaces. Jackie and I would like to extend our heartfelt thanks to Gustavo, his students, and their guests, who are having crucial conversations about what it means to educate within contexts like the climate crisis, racism, addictions, and more. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Kendra, and I'm here today with my partner, Rick. We're both currently university students within the education department to become better teachers within the future. Along with us today, we have a special guest, Ake. Ake, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Hi, uh, so my name is Ake Mayuom. I am a fourth-year psychiatric nursing student, um, and I currently do research with BU Cares, so a lot of the work we do focuses on anti-racism work. So yeah, that's basically me. So the main topic that we had is stereotyping. And what stereotyping means is person believes that all members of a group share similar traits, behaviors, attitudes, and they all look the same. And we are going to be discussing uh, stereotyping more based on race, which is uh, classifying people into different groups based on physical characteristics of face and body phenotypes, such as skin, hair color, and texture, and eye shape, nose width, and lips. So we have prepared a few questions based on the racial stereotyping for you to discuss with us, and we would like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, um, so stereotyping can definitely be harmful, um, and you did such a great job defining what it is. Stereotypes are assumptions, and in this case, based on race, which are made about an individuals or groups of people. Um, so we've done a lot. We actually conducted a survey last year um, called Racism, Biases, and Discrimination in Manitoba, and many of the participants that took the um the survey in Manitoba shared their experiences with stereotyping. And so in many of these instances, uh, BIPOC participants were stereotyped as thieves in stores or as drug users in the medical system. Um, and these stereotypes would lead to racist behaviors of staff um, viewing BIPOC individuals as suspicious or unworthy of care, right? So um, they're common in areas of policing, education, microaggressions, um, and like some interesting stats that we got from our survey was that 69% of the BIPOC respondents experienced discrimination because of their race, culture, and religion at work, and about 64% experienced discrimination in, in an educational setting. I think that um, in now modern days, it's like we just assume other people based on their race and what they do based on their race. And I don't think that is very fair for them. Mm -hmm. And it's not fair for other people as well. Yeah, no, for sure. So when you say an educational setting, uh, what kind of educational setting are you talking about? Um, So based on the research that we did, um, we had a variety in terms of age. We had 16-year-olds, I mean, 18-year-olds and older taking the survey. So it's really hard to know whether or not it was just in university or if it was a college experience. But I'm assuming it's probably like higher level education um, settings. Do you happen um, to have any specific examples that you'd be willing to share? 
Sure. I think one of the biggest things that me having as a person of color and going through the education system, something that I often hear over and over again is, oh, wow, your English is really good, which on the surface, it seems like a compliment, but it's not because Canada is not the only country where people speak English. People speak English all over the world. And so not recognizing that, you know, like we are not the only people and a lot of people speak English and people being surprised makes them assume that I don't speak it. And that's actually quite harmful. I kind of have the same experience with you because mm. um, when I start working and the people just kind of assume that I don't speak English or either I spoke, but it's not going to be like super friendly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's not really mm-hmm. well, I guess. Yep, for sure. All right. Um, stereotyping is very common and many people face it directly or indirectly. How do you think stereotyping contributes to instances of racism in our community? We sort of spoke about it, right? So when you take a group of people, you make assumption about it. Um, oftentimes when people are interacting with that individual, they're going to be racist to that person and they're going to be profiling, right? So I think of the stores, which a lot of our participants spoke about how they would walk into a store and as a person of color, the security guard would walk around and follow them longer. Or if they were paying for something and they're walking out, um, the security guard would spend a lot more time looking at their receipt and cross-checking it with their items, right? And the same thing with... um, with our perception of BIPOC people, um, when we're, we're going to talk a little bit about media later, but when you're constantly seeing images of BIPOCs being depicted as criminals or doing crime, we often see that in policing where a lot of time, if you're a person of color, you're going to be pulled over a lot more times. You're, you know, so like when we stereotype groups of people, it makes sense. It makes sad sense that we see racism happening in our community. And I think that's why a lot of people will say, oh, stereotyping is just a harm. It's just like a an aimless joke, but it actually has really detrimental um, consequences to groups of people. So I think that when you notice it, call it out and say something about it. All right. And what do you think those stereotypes come from? I think they come from the images that we see, TV shows, the music we listen to, um, the books we read. Um, I just think it comes from just society and how people are portrayed over and over again. And like one thing that I often notice is Mech, um, which is like an adventure based like um, store. They actually started campaigning where they have more people of color hiking, canoeing and participating in more outdoor activities because people were making the stereotype. Oh, black people don't go hiking or black people don't snowboard, which is not true at all. So I think there's a lot more organizations and and um and companies recognize that they have an image and how they, the posters that they use, what sort of message that sends to the rest of society. And they're sort of starting to make a bit more changes that way. I was just going to say that kind of fits right well into our second question, mm-hmm. which was how are racial stereotypes being portrayed in the media? And how does that influence an individual's identification as well as like others in the community? Um, so racial stereotypes are everywhere and like, especially in the media. So examples include seeing BIPOC characters displayed in the same type of role over and over again, um, not seeing enough BIPOC characters in roles of power and authority, um, victim blaming in the news, so the way they portrayed if there was um, a person that was caught speeding or if someone who committed crime, how they talk about a person who's BIPOC compared to a white individual are so different. And the fact that there's also little um, diversity on the TV, right? There's there's not, you don't see a lot of diversity at all. Um, and so it's, 
it's very harmful. And so when you're an individual who doesn't have diverse relationships with racial groups, you tend to take what you're seeing on TV and like that's what you assume individuals are, right? So for example, stereotype depictions of young Black men in the media can lead to people associating young Black men with increased unemployment and crime, which can lead to the public's fearfulness of people of color, right? So racial stereotyping also influences a person's identity. Um, So when you're not provided the freedom to be who you are and you're you're reduced to a stereotype, um, that's really harmful because you're not given the freedom to be, to like what you like and be who you are as a person. And I think it's also the reason that about your culture or your family, that Mm -hmm. how they raised you or how they act in front of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe like if a, if like a dad is being super toxic or something, then he's like his kid going to maybe... I'm not going to say absorb all of it, but he will definitely have that same opinion about other race as well, mm-hmm. same as his dad. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, no, for sure. So what would you say is the best way to critically analyze media to avoid stereotypes and therefore racism? And what are some I- strategies we can... More diversity, for sure. Um, I think we're all aware that in media, there's not enough diversity. And on top of that, like having having more diverse roles, not always portraying one race as doing this, you know, and like just having a lot more variety in the roles that um, BIPOC people play. So having more BIPOC people being the lead of a movie or the lead of a TV show, that goes a long way. Yeah, I mainly see people of color in movies there's like just one of them is that like tokenism um yeah i I, oftentimes when i think of tokenism is when you have one individual and saying that this person as a black person can speak for a group of people right and so having one person on a tv show it's basically saying that all BIPOC people are like this one character so if you have them as playing multiple roles i think it goes to show that just like not all South Sudanese people, which is the country that I come from, are the same. Not all BIPOC people are the same. I think um, it would be best to make other... Um, actually, I think we all have like... Uh, like we can see in the society that um, a stereotyping for, you know, for most of the jobs, like you just assume it's a race, like it's like a particular race. Like mm-hmm. you don't... like That's a good point. Yeah, you don't like overthinking that, oh, there will be other race of people is doing this as well. Mm-hmm. So that also gets ignored, like ignored mm-hmm. by That's- most of the people. And I think that racism become this big in this modern days is also because, you know, some people um, is, you know, I'm not going to say gets uh, targeting, but mm-hmm. is they're not all stepping like standing up for themselves it's just one of the two people that is you know saying those things and then when the particular race try to fight back but other races like pushing them back what are some strategies we can use to move away from having assumptions about people's background i'm a huge advocate for relationships i often ask people how many diverse friends you have. And I'm not saying go out there and collect a bunch of diverse friends. They need to be meaningful. They need to be intentional. So I often ask people like, 
Are you creating relationships? Because I feel like the best way to learn is by having relationships. Um, so that's my main one. But of course, education is also really important. But again, you can have all the information and truth in the world and still be racist. Um, so I think that it's important that, you know, you have those relationships and that people who are in positions of power, individuals who are white, recognizing that sometimes you may need to give up your privilege to create space for other people of color who may not have those same privileges as you. And then from the studies that we've done, like we just had a conversation with a bunch of individuals who were participating in boards. And so we were talking about how can we diversify board organizations in Brandon? Um, and that's when they spoke about the importance of giving up space and moving beyond knowing about racism and shifting toward organizational changes. Um, at BU Care, some of the things that we've done is we have educational videos and toolkits on anti-racism. So we have a facilitation guide that organizations can use, that teachers can use in their classrooms. Um, and that all on our website completely free yeah and like michelle also created a board game that educates individuals about refugees and their journey um so games are also a really great way to educate people it's also a way to facilitate relationships and conversations around a table so when you think of white privilege what role does systemic racism play in the naturalization of white privileges White privilege is the ideal standard, as people would say. Mm -hmm. uh, what effect does this have on racialized people? Yeah, so I think that white privilege is the child of systemic racism. Um, so white supremacy is able to exist because of white privilege and the um, and the fact that it leaves it as a living age, um, living legacy. And so, for me, I often say that the fact that we have whiteness as a standard. So like I think of my nursing program, the books that we use, the articles that we use, the sort of props that we use, it's all white standard. It doesn't really leave room for much diversity and for diverse ways of knowing and diverse ways of being. Um, so of course, like white privilege, whiteness, um, and the fact that we're upholding whiteness definitely plays to othering racialized people, which can also really um, have impacts on your um on your mental health and it can lead to emotional distress. And what do you think the benefits and or advantages for, you know, other race when they see the like the white privilege is being the standards? Is there any advantage or no? Nope. I don't think I don't think that whiteness as a standard has any privilege any advantages. I think that when we create rooms for more diverse voices, I think that to me is is the advantage because we have more perspectives and um, saying that one way of doing things is the right way, I think, is is um, is damaging. So you've touched base on addressing racism when you see it and working towards a more anti-racist lens. Uh, mm -hmm. What does being an anti-racist actually mean? For me, I think just saying that, hey, I'm anti-racist is not enough. I think it's continuously working toward dismantling. Um, and I think that looks different for a lot of people. For me, it's my work with doing anti-racism and research and education. Um, for you, it might be giving up spaces where you hold power. Like maybe you've been on a board for a really long time, perhaps is stepping away and giving another individual that space to be able to do so. Um, I think it's calling it out when you see it. Um, yeah, I think it can look very different, but it's not simply just saying I'm anti-racist. I think yeah. it's continually working toward dismantling. Yeah. And I also think for the next generation, you know, if there's going to be more teachers that is supporting the anti-racism, there's mm -hmm. going to be more of more and more for the next next generation 
for sure. And maybe in the end, the racism will be, you know, yeah. gone. Like, yeah. Go, go away, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Uh, that's kind of what I was going to say. I was going to say, personally, do you think there will ever be a time where everybody is anti-racist? Someone has actually asked me that before. And I think to do the work that I do, really? the answer has to be a solid yes. <laughs> um, because if we think that we can never achieve um, anti-racism or we cannot achieve equality or equity, then why are we doing what we're doing? And I think even if we don't achieve it, it's still worth trying because the benefits completely outweigh the disadvantages. <laughs> it might yeah, change if you try sure. it, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. If we don't do anything, then it's going to be like the same as always mm-hmm. so our next couple questions are kind of based off of students within the classroom so have mm-hmm. you ever heard of the achievement gap yes i have so do you want to talk more about it yeah. though just in case you okay. have listeners who have never heard of it girls in trade schools are told like they're gonna fail because trades are for boys when they go and do their tests and the practicums they have the mindset that they're going to fail mm-hmm which ultimately leads them to getting a bad mark. Mm-hmm. And even I have a personal experience that um, me personally, um, I'm not r- very good at math, but my teacher in high school is actually assuming that I'm good at math. So he was giving me comments that you better get 90s or 95s or, or 100% on the math test that's mm-hmm. coming up. So that also gives me pressure and I also feel like if I do bad, it's going to be very awkward and very, mm, very awkward for my race, I guess. Because mm-hmm. he yes. just put that a lot of pressure on me. So, yeah. That's- yeah. No, for sure. Just like assuming that, oh, because you're, you know, from this race, therefore you might, you're going to be good at math, which is, there's no, that's not true at all. Right. And not giving you this. And perhaps you maybe didn't even like, Um, help you out even more like you know give you the supports that you needed just because she assumed oh you know because of his race he's going to eventually catch up and that's definitely detrimental um and I think of like me being black I often think of like um young black men who might be in a classroom where oh you're assumed like you'll be really good at sports you'll be really good at basketball or soccer and academia may not be for you right and so when you have society telling you that and you have a teacher who's approaching you with that same mindset you're going to also start believing it in yourself right you're not going to maybe try to maybe you might want to go into engineering or maybe you might want to, you know what I mean? Try a different career path that doesn't necessarily have to do with sports, or maybe you even want to do both, right? You're not given the space to, to really explore. Yeah. And I think for every race, like we can just do everything that we wanted to do, like learn everything that we wanted to, to learn. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that um, the society is actually giving us the limit for each individual races Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that we cannot do the things that we wanted to do or if we do it but they are going to give a lot of um comments that Mm -hmm. we don't want to hear yeah no for sure all right um so some races achieve more based on their race and how does this affect other um other races of people Um, I think it oppresses BIPOC peoples and it also prolongs the myth that we achieve things in life simply because of the efforts and the results of the efforts we put in and not take into consideration the privileges that we may have. And it also results in equitable and incredibly harmful and violent outcomes such as increased poverty, mortality rates mental health concerns, incarceration for individuals of people of color, right? Um, 
And I think that um, BIPOC people usually have to work twice as hard without the same connections and opportunities that white people may have because of the privilege. And white people often have the advantages of increased levels of generational wealth due to benefiting from racism, um, where wealth inequities continue to press their continue to oppress the racialized individuals that were taken advantage of uh, generationally. So this effect often um, doesn't, doesn't allow, um, doesn't take in consideration how race does have impacts and race does matter. Um, and it doesn't, I think it does have a lot of detrimental mental health impacts for BIPOC people. And that also uh, re reminded me of like a video was on internet in the, I think, Almost mm -hmm. few years ago, I saw it, but it's like um, a short video about like a guy and a girl kind of like gets together on mm -hmm. like during the during the video, but but um, the main focus is actually in the background of that other guy. It's like when these two people is having a great day because their race mm -hmm. is is white, and mm -hmm. other other guy in the bag is having a terrible day every day so in the end he actually brings guns to school and starts shooting people mm. so i think that is something that for most people they just ignore that when you are having a good life there uh, there's other people in other races or in other places is having a terrible life mm -hmm. yeah no for and sure you are also giving that pressure to them like being like being racist you're giving pressure to them and you're also making comments to them which is very unfair for the other races as well mm -hmm. yeah racialized individuals definitely have a lot more obstacles um put on them and not to say that it's impossible for them to achieve success it's just going to be a lot harder and they're going to have to work twice as hard for our final question we just had Putting yourself in an educator's position, how would you go about working with these students to break down their predisposed anxieties and mindsets that they will fail based off of these stereotypes that have been put upon them? Um, I think for me, it's really important that I, when I'm educating younger generations, that I let them know that it's a system. The system is built to marginalize and target racialized people, um, which means we need to continue to fight and work toward anti racism, but it's not you know, as a racialized group, it's not what they've done personally that's causing um, a lot of this. A lot of it is systematic. And I think I would be really important that I let them know that. And I would also tell young racialized groups that self-care is really critical. And so as much as I say that I do anti-racism work and I work as a research assistant, for some people, racism is a lot and all they can really do is practice self-care. And I often tell people that practicing self-care as a racialized person in the face of anti-racism is radical um, and it is an anti-racist practice because you're pushing against and you're pushing back against something that is trying to diminish you right so if you say hey I'm going to take care of myself in the face of all of this I always say that's definitely a radical practice and I encourage it um, and I would also tell racialized groups that there are many exceptional BIPOC leaders who have achieved great things despite the obstacles that have been put on them. Um, Michael Redhead Champagne is a community advocate. Um, he works in um, downtown Winnipeg. He's indigenous and he does some really great work that work toward um, revolutionizing and dismantling a lot of these harmful systems. And I also personally look up to Barack Obama that I named my cat after him. Um, so I often <laughs> tell people like there's definitely lots of great leaders out there, right? So, and then for younger 
generations who identify as white, um, I often tell them that saying I'm anti-racist is not enough and having guilt is also not enough. Um, Anti-racism needs to move beyond white guilt and fragility. And we also need to seek um, systemic changes. Uh, That's all the questions that we had for you. Did you have any questions that you'd like to ask us? I do. Um, So you guys are going to be teachers. So my question is, as a future educator, how do you plan on working toward anti-racism and instilling in your students a passion and understanding for social justice? Um, That's a good one. hmm. It reminded me. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Yeah. I'll go first since I have something to say. Um, (laughs) It reminded me of when I was very little in China. And we usually have like all the books um, for like the courses that we will read like a chapter uh, every day. But the stories is like every chapter, there's like a short story. So we are learning a lot of stuff based on the short stories every day. Mm-hmm. And what about the short stories is that um, in the short stories, it teaches you not to like judge other people's that kind of like just shaping our young kids when they're um like not like when they are still little like not fully grew yet like we can shape their i'm not gonna say identity but we can shape how they will think in the future Mm -hmm. because the less that they are being toxic i think that we can shape them when they are very young and as the teacher i think the teacher did a very good job by doing it this way mm-hmm. and you know some you know boys and girls or like especially the boys they are like superheroes and stuff if there's like a story that they're interested and is also teaching themselves and mm-hmm. i think that will really make them like keep that in their mind or mm-hmm. their heart yeah yeah i love that and i think stories are such a great way to connect people and i i think that um using storybooks as a way to sort of teach people about social justice and anti-racism is a really great idea. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Uh, Personally, for me, I want to be a teacher for the younger children. So about kindergarten to grade three, then they don't exactly understand what's going on in the world. But if I were to work towards a racism-free classroom, I would definitely try to be as proactive as possible and making sure that they all understand what what it really means. Um, I would make sure that every student understands their valued, uh, that no one is valued more or less based off their race, color, or age, and, or gender, and to help the kids understand more of the social justice size of issues, I would have them keep up with current events, and weekly we would have a cl- class that is solely focused on the up-to-date events and discuss ways to deal with these issues and make sure that they understand what's actually going on Mm -hmm. because a lot of the time when kids go home they hear their parents talking from their own opinions Mm -hmm. so I would try to be unopinionated and just give the facts and make sure they understand everything yeah I, I like the current events when I actually had a class that did something a little bit similar to that where we had to find an article and we had to basically tell the class about it. And so, and then 
a part of it was like creating change. So we had to figure out how we would address the issue and how we would create like kind of community change and then also systemic change. And like I had never spent that much time looking at um, current events. I definitely learned a lot. So it's a really good it's a really good idea. Yeah, I kind of got the idea from a previous high school class I took years ago. Mm hmm. No, for sure. So what are you doing as a future educator to address your own biases and perceptions of racialized groups? Me personally, I did grow up in a town where there wasn't a lot of other races. It was kind of all just the same Ukrainian kids all together. Mm -hmm. And there was never really anyone that wasn't just like us. So I think growing up, I had a little bit of a bias that they weren't the same education level, but as I've grown up, I've seen that that's not true. Mm -hmm. And I definitely try to take a step back every time I get like a thought that I could be like, am I being racist? Mm -hmm. I stop and I take a step back. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think one thing I always tell people, I'm like, we grow in a world where we see racism left and right through the TV shows we watch and the, and the, and the music that we listen to. So even as a person who may be racialized, I also have racial biases and perceptions and I always have to catch myself. And I remember we were in a psychology class where there was photos of a bunch of people and we had to decide who would be more likely to commit a crime. Um, and I noticed that I would always click on the white men. And I was like, what? Like I was disgusted with myself, but I recognized that even though I have a father and brothers who I absolutely love, I'm also not exempt to having these biases and perceptions, especially in a split second decision. So you really, it's really important to always think about what kind of like, how do I look at the world and how do I look at the individuals that I come across and really challenge that because we're not exempt, regardless of who you are, we are not exempt from having biases. And the important thing is to check them. Yeah. I think it kind of comes naturally with everybody. Some people are just better at filtering it than others mm -hmm. and like taking a step back and trying to fight the automatic biases that come up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Rick? Um, I actually have, uh, I'm, I don't think it's an answer to this question, but when you were mentioning, um, about question two, mm -hmm. that I was thinking that I, I had a dream that I got pulled over because of my race and it was mm -hmm. like my first speeding ticket. So I was crying so hard. Yeah. Rick, I guess this is a question for you. Um, as a racialized educator, how are you practicing self-care in the face of racism? If you've ever experienced racism, how have you taken care of yourself? Um, I actually did in the past, but I, so the first time I did not really fight back. I kind of just let it go on. But the second time I actually spoke to the teacher and the teacher kind of kicked them out of the class. So it really depends on the situation. If there's like a higher level uh, person, around you that can control the situation, then mm -hmm. I think you should definitely go to that person. If not, then I guess you just just be yourself, like stand up for yourself. I think yeah. so. Yeah. That's good. Thanks, Rick. Uh, thank you so much again for joining us today. I definitely learned a lot. For sure. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Leaning In and Speaking Out, a Research Connection podcast from Brandon University. For more episodes or to learn more about the BU Cares Research Centre, please visit our website at bucares.ca 
or you can come find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts.